0: Most of the deals we put out, to be perfectly honest with you, experience something major throughout the development process, a major challenge or setback that we did not anticipate or could not foresee.
1: Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators, They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators of 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're gonna help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template, Should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal? So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on and follow along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So, with that being said, let's get going.
2: Hello, best of your listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing
1: advice ever show.
2: I'm Theo Hicks. I'll be the host today. And today we are speaking with John Bogdasarian. John, how are you doing today? I'm good, Theo. Thank you. John, thanks for coming on the show again. So, John is a repeat guest. So, this is Sunday. So, we've been doing a skill set Sunday where we talk about a specific skill that our guest has and how you can apply that to your real estate business. Before we get into that skill, John's biography, he is the president of the Manas Group, a real estate investment firm. He began with nine initial investors and has strategically guided the firm to serving more than 300 investors today. He recently published his first book, Do the Work Once, Get Paid Forever, How Smart People Invest in Real Estate. So definitely check that out based in Ann Arbor, Michigan. You can say hi to him at promanas.com. That's P-R-O-M-A-N-A-S.com. As John said in the beginning, rhymes with bananas. So John, before we get into the skill, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
0: Yes. Essentially, my background is real estate agent to real estate broker to commercial broker to developer and now... Pretty much purely private equity. So, what we do today is we act as the equity source for developers that have projects teed up and ready to go. We go in, we put another layer of due diligence over the top, and then we write them a proposal and say, Yeah, we want to be your equity under these circumstances. And they, 99 times out of 100, say, Great, awesome. We don't have to think about raising money. And then the value that we're kind of creating to the investor side of the equation is that we do have a whole nother layer of scrutiny that comes over the top of the deal, obviously, but we also negotiate structures where there's very, very little dilution in the deal itself. The Investors' dollars come back first and some type of a preferred return comes back to them first. So what we like to say is that we're giving investors the best possible chance of getting solid double-digit returns in real estate with the least amount of downside potential. And that's kind of the unique proposition in what we do today.
2: Okay, thank you for sharing that. So this skill is going to be for passive investors. So we're going to talk all things passive investing. So to start off, you mentioned that you are the equity source for developers, so are they developing multifamily? Are they developing office? Or is it kind of just a combination of all types of developments? Yes. <laughs> so we have, okay. we, have
0: multi, we have condominium projects. We have hotels. We have office buildings. We have not developed ground up an industrial property, but we've purchased millions of square feet of industrial properties, again, using investor capital. So I think we've done pretty much almost every type of asset class. The only thing we haven't really done much of is retail. But other than that, I think we've seen pretty much everything.
2: So as a passive investor, I'm looking at your deals that you have available. Give me some tips on what I should be looking for. Because again, I'm not sophisticated. I don't know about development or hotels or office buildings. I just know that I've got a lot of money and I want to get, as you mentioned, the best possible chance to get a solid return with at least downsize. So how do I, as a passive investor, determine if a particular deal I'm looking at fits that criteria?
0: Yeah, so that's a great question. That's a question I've had thousands of times over the last 10 years. And that's basically why I wrote the book. It's titled, Do the Work Once, Get Paid Forever, which used to mean to me, put your money to work for you, get enough passive income, maybe owning apartments or whatever it is, so that you can get paid forever and you don't necessarily have to show up to a nine-to-five or job if you don't want to anymore. But I took that same philosophy and I said, well, how does an accredited investor figure out how to do that? I'm a doctor or I own my own business, whatever it may be. I don't have time to make all the mistakes John made in his career or somebody else and figure out how to get to that point. So the book really answers that question. And what it says is it says, so you don't have to buy it or read it because it's written like a third grader. I'm not really a writer, but It has this conversation where it says, out of all the investors I've worked with and had conversations with, the most intelligent ones, the most sophisticated ones ask their questions more about me, the person they're investing with, than they do about the specific deal that I have sent out to them. So the book really is designed to say, all right, you're a potential investor, but where do you go? So how do you find people that have good deals ready to go? What is a PPM and a subscription agreement? What does a typical deal structure look like in that subscription agreement? So really, I think most people can read this thing in about two hours, but it's sort of how to start out, how to find the right partner to invest with. What's the philosophy behind it? Why is this person doing this? What kind of due diligence can I do on this person and or this deal? what are the various types of real estate investments I can get into? So it's not as detail oriented as say, Sam Freshman's book, principles of real estate, which is like a textbook, but that also won't tell you how to find people that know what they're doing. That just tells you how to become a syndicator. So this is really designed to say, for instance, you ask Theo, where would I go? What would I do? How do I find deals to invest in? So it gives you some tips, like when you're driving around your town, do you see cranes in the air? Or if you're visiting a city, do you see cranes in the air? And people are going to hot places, right? And I don't mean temperature hot. You're not going to vacation in Milan, Michigan or wherever. You're going to go to Denver, Nashville, Sarasota, mountain towns maybe. And there you're going to see developments going up. So... The developers' names are all listed right on the signs. Just make a note of them, get online, send them an email and say, hey, do you ever consider taking on investors? That's one way to find potential deals. Maybe you won't get into that deal that's going on right now, but people are always looking for money for deals. And it even explains why people are looking for money for deals. Because one of the things that I always thought about was, why would this guy take on investors and make them money? Why doesn't he just keep all the money himself? It just doesn't work like that. It's impossible. You can't possibly move fast enough or do enough. And plus, having started out at zero myself, a very good upbringing, but zero money. I don't have any money. How am I going to go do this? I had to take on investors. And now my whole mindset is we like making people money. It's fun. And it's not all about the money. It's about taking care of people and giving them access to things
2: they don't have access to and whatever. So there's a pretty good digression for you. That was great. So you gave a lot of questions that passive investors should be asking. And you mentioned how they're answering your book. You gave a few examples why are people looking for money for deals? And he gave an example of how to find people who have good deals. You gave the example of cranes in the air. What are some other examples of ways that I could find people to invest with? I'll tell you, as dumb as it is, you're in your doctor's office. You got to be
0: there anyway. You got a few minutes. Hey, doc, I appreciate you taking a look at whatever it is you're getting checked out, my arthritic knee or something. I'm just curious, have you ever invested in any real estate deals? You know anybody locally who puts these kinds of things together? You can do Google searches and try and find developers and contact them and do that. But the internet's kind of a strange place for that. You now have, as you're aware of, I'm sure, the investment portals where you'll see all these deals on there. Oh, this one will make you 18%. This one will make you 13%. This one will make you 16%. And you can just point, click, ship, and invest money in these deals. Well, I don't like that disconnect. I've been strongly opposed to people investing through those portals. Because we have talked to all of them, and we've talked to them about getting our deals on their sites, and we don't do it because we don't like the process. The disconnect between the developer, sponsor, and the money creates too many problems. It's like for me, when I started out, it was all friends and family. That's it. It's all friends and family. Who else is going to give me money? At the time, um, how old was I? I don't even know how old I am now. I guess I was like 39 or 35 or I don't. Anyway, so I don't know that many people. So I had to go friends, family, people in the community. And you better believe that that deal structure was exceedingly weighted towards the investor Mm -hmm. as opposed to the deal sponsor, syndicator, developer. And we've kept that same philosophy throughout because... I now have, I think, just over 400 accredited investors now participating in deals with us. And while I don't know all of them anymore, that's impossible. Pretty much everybody I know or deal with on a day-to-day basis is invested in my deals. So for me, that's a system of checks and balances. It says, I don't ever want to do something just to create fees and make money and fly around in my private jet and all these people have lost their money. I think when you get onto these portal sites, that's a problem. People can just throw them on there. It's just different to me. I think it's way better in real estate. Real estate's so unique. Everyone's trying to create a system whereby it's robo-advisor and your deal fits into this format or this formula. And that's the whole message is don't focus on the deal because you have no idea. It could look like the best thing in the world. I can make anything look like anything on paper, And most of the deals we put out, to be perfectly honest with you, experience something major throughout the development process, a major challenge or setback that we did not anticipate or could not foresee. So I think if you have the right person running it, then they have the ability to create solutions and even opportunities out of these things that happen throughout the process. If you have the wrong guy who's just interested in a fee and he doesn't really have a whole lot of experience or knowledge or understanding you're going to get soaked, and the deal's going to go under so again, it probably answering more than you asked but I steer clear of advising people to do the portals, but you can do Google searches on people in your area. You can read news articles. Most people have a local real estate publication of some kind. Ours is called Cranes here. And you'll see people in there, movers, shakers. Don't be afraid to call them up, look at their website, see if they take on investors. It's what I call prospecting. You're just looking for good people. Usually you're going to get it all word of mouth. These are what used to be referred to as country club deals. So if you're a member of a country club, if you're an accredited investor, chances are you associate with other people who are accredited investors and chances are you know people that are in deals. They just don't talk about it or run around promoting it. So you have to ask. You have to say, hey, have you ever invested in real estate deals? you know anybody good who puts real estate deals together? Ask that 10 times and I guarantee you'll have some opportunities in front of you.
2: Okay. So we hit on the prospecting aspect, how to find these people. So once you find them, you did mention a few things to look for. So favorable returns to the investors as opposed to a bunch of fees and stuff for the sponsor and then avoiding those types of investor portals because of that disconnect. What are some other specific questions or specific things I should be looking at as a passive investor once I've found a handful of potential people to invest with? I think
0: people have different reasons for doing things, but motivation in and of itself boils down to a handful Of categories. So if you want to understand motivation, people tend to do things for recognition. They want awards, they want recognition, they want to feel like they're important. People will also do things for a sense of contribution, contributing to the community. I'm creating something good here, I'm doing whatever. Money is a motivator for people. I got to pay the bills. When I started out, I had to do deals. I'm now in a position where I don't have to do any deals. So when I question motivation, and that's the question I would ask is, what's your motivation for doing this? Why are you putting this deal out and taking on investor capital? Seems like a lot of work and a lot of time and energy and could potentially be stressful. Funny story, I have probably 20 or 30 heart doctors invested we probably have 70, 80 physicians in our group at this point. But we have a, a number of specialists, and a number of them are heart doctors. Mm-hmm. A few routinely perform emergency open-heart surgeries. And one of them in particular was sitting in my office and said, boy, I just don't know how you can do it. And I'm like, do what? And he said, I just don't know how you can work with other people's money. That's got to be so stressful. And I'm, I'm like, doc, half your patients could die. I mean, you know, like <laughs> it's like, what do you, I don't want to do what you do. No way. I got to come out and tell the family, sorry, you didn't make it. Anyway, so I thought that was funny, but it is true. There's a certain amount of pressure associated with generating returns for people, especially when you know them intimately and you eat Thanksgiving dinner with them. So gauging someone's motivation, I think, is probably the most important. And I think you'll get a sense of whether or not you're dealing with somebody honest at that point in time. Also, I wouldn't be opposed to having... Somebody review the private placement memorandum if you're not familiar with them. If you've read a number of PPMs and you know what they're all about, then fine. It should be pretty simple and spelled out very clearly in terms of who makes what when and how it works. But if it's complicated to you at all, have someone else look at it. Find a legal guy to review it for you and give you the nuts and bolts. At least the first couple of times, get some of that third-party evaluation done.
2: All right, John, is there anything else that we haven't talked about already as it relates to a passive investor getting started, growing, scaling their passive investing business that we've not talked about yet?
0: Nothing I'm aware of. I think mostly for us, it's unique to the person. What I find interesting is, let's say we're putting out a deal and we've, we're raising $20 million in capital. Well, most of that will get spoken for pretty quickly off of our existing list, and I won't even get questions on it. So people will just send an email and say, I'm in for 200 grand or I'm in for 500 grand or whatever. So we'll fill most of our deals, probably 70, 80% of them with existing investors. But every single time, there's going to be at least 15 to 20 that are on our potential investor list that have never invested with us before that want to have a conversation about the deal and they ask very specific questions. Oftentimes those questions are never the same. One person might be focused on the city that we're developing in or building in. Another person might be highly focused on how much money I make and my team and how we get paid. Another person might be focused on the asset type and they might think hospitality is a dead sector or, condominiums are overbuilt or whatever. I mean, it's almost like no two will be the same, but they're all focused on one thing. So by definition, I kind of think they're focused on the wrong thing because if I address this issue for this guy over here and say, well, here's why we like it and here's whatever and here's this and that, the reality is they're not necessarily asking the questions that they should be asking. And that's more about the track record of the deal sponsor The track record of the developer person, whatever it may be, the contractor, what kind of due diligence do you guys do? There's a gobs of questions I would ask. And I think one of the most revealing, uh, one more little tidbit is to tell me about some of the deals you did that didn't work out or weren't going to work out. And how did you address those concerns? So I think that gives you a few more things to focus on.
2: Well, John, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your wisdom on passive investing. A lot of great content here. I'm just going to quickly summarize some of the main takeaways. So we first talked about how to analyze deals and you kind of quickly shifted it from, well, you're not necessarily looking at the deal itself. The most intelligent investors are focusing on the person who's actually sponsoring the deal as opposed to the deal. So we went into the details on how to find these people, Said, did you see cranes in the air? Find the developer's name that reaches out. That was unique, That's something I had heard before. Also, asking people who are other accredited investors. So, for example, you're going to the doctor's office, ask them who are they investing with? And you give a few other examples as well. We talked about things to avoid, which are those investment portals because of that disconnect between the sponsor and then the investors. You mentioned a lot of things of what to look for when you're screening sponsors. Something that I hadn't heard stated this way was asking them what their motivation for doing deals is. And based off of what they say, you can kind of gauge if you can trust that person or not. And then also asking about specific deals that they did that did not work out. So again, John, really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Best of your listeners, make sure you check out his book. Again, that's Do the Work Once, Get Paid Forever, How Smart People Invest in Real Estate. His website, promanas.com, p r o m a NAS.com. Again, thank you, John. Best ever listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you looking for a hard money loan or do you have a mortgage note that you wanna sell? Then email david at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com. If you recognize this company, well, that's because David was a best ever guest on the show, is episode 122, David Campbell, and you can email him at david at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com if you're looking for a hard money loan or if you have a mortgage note to sell.